Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your love and for your mercy, for the fact that you want to open the eyes of our hearts to draw us closer to you, to make us your people. Lord, we thank you for your loving kindness that never fails. We lift these things up in your precious and holy name. Amen. I heard some chuckles and some confusion about the video. There will be an explanation later. I'm sorry, you guys missed it, but it was a good one. Yeah. Well, that happens. All right, so this morning we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, if you want to come and follow along. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Kiddos, you guys are free to get out of here. Welcome to stay, but you're free to get out of here. That's one of my favorite noises on Sunday mornings, by the way. So, Happy New Year. I, I think it's fair to say that most of us are happy to have 2020 behind us. Yeah? Well, no, not yet, hopefully. But we'll see. Yeah, we don't know what lies in the future. We really don't, which is a valid point. So many people have been... Uh, putting their hope in flipping their calendar when really, at the end of the day, it's just a new day. We have an opportunity for new beginnings every single time you wake up and your feet hit the floor. I want to encourage you to remember that. Let's pray before we get into the sermon. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity for our hearts to change, for us to grow, for us to learn, for us to strive after you. God, we pray that you would lift up each and every one of us this morning, that we would be encouraged by your word and what you have for us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. So in the whole spirit of new beginnings and whatnot, I had thought that this was a fitting title, New Year, New Heart. I don't know if you guys remember this. 
I feel like it was super popular like two years ago, but there was this saying, and everyone would say, new year, new me. And I think it had to do with resolutions and trying to make changes in their life and that sort of a thing. Um, but it was the sort of thing you would see on you know, Facebook and whatnot, just all over the place and, and random things. But really, the Lord is looking for a transformation within our heart. It's not about making sure you go to the gym more often. It's not about trying to work on your finances. It's not about hoping you get that raise that starts at the beginning of January and trying to push your way through the rat race. It's about your heart. So I have a question for you guys concerning that. Does anyone in this room have some sort of, of New Year's resolution, a way that they want to grow this year, they want to change? Yes, sir. Ooh, driver's license. That's a good one. Anybody else? Like to be more intentional with your time. That is super important. Uh, and that's been a difficult one this year as a lot of things that we would normally do we're not able to go out and do. And so that might have freed up a lot of time on your schedule or it might have just really changed what your schedule looks like because nothing is the same. Anything else? He does want our best. And that's actually, that's something that stood out to me this week. Um, so I don't remember, I think I told you guys, a while ago I started listening to about 10 chapters of the Bible a day. Uh, because you can listen while you do other things. And I was usually listening to like, videos about cars uh, and those sorts of things. And so instead, I figured I could reconstruct at least a chunk of that time and focus it on listening to Scripture. And that it would be a good way to put that on my mind while I'm also doing other things, whether I'm driving or doing the dishes or whatever, I can be listening to that like you would, you know, a CD or, or you know, a song or wh whatever. And... I restarted that because I made it all the way through the Bible, and then just to make it nice and clean to the end of the year, I also went back through Proverbs again uh, over the last few days of December. And I restarted, so I went back to Genesis, and I'd always wondered in the back of my head why with Cain and Abel, one sacrifice was seen as good and the other one was not. And when you pay attention, Cain's sacrifice, it said that he gave from some of the fruits of his harvest but it didn't say it was his first fruits. And I'm not, I, I don't want to suppose or assume, but I do know that God wants our best. And it said that Abel's sacrifice was of his firstborn lambs. So take from that what you will. Again, I do not want to necessarily assume or read into something that's not there. But I had noticed as I was listening this week, it didn't say it was the first fruits of his harvest. And I can't help but wonder if that's why his sacrifice wasn't holy. Because it wasn't his first. And it wasn't his best. Speaking of sacrifices, 
That's what today is all about. As I was thinking of the way that we really need our hearts to transform, I was wondering what would be a good passage for that, to start off the new year, to remind ourselves that our hearts need to change. And my mind immediately went to Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So, how can we sacrifice our bodies in a country where we're not actively persecuted for being Christians, where we're not thrown in jail, where we're not being fed to lions? Those things were happening in the biblical times. Now, yes, there can be some more milder forms of persecution, of being looked down on, of being made fun of. But we don't really suffer in that same way here in the United States because of some of the freedoms we are afforded. So how can we sacrifice ourselves, our bodies, our lives to the Lord in 21st century America? What you do at that time. I like that. That's a good one. Giving your time and your focus. What else can we do to sacrifice ourselves? Daily devotionals. That's a good one. And I know that that can be kind of an overwhelming thing. Uh, and I know I've, I've talked about this before, but I really liked it, and it helped me a lot when I was installing fences. Um, the Our Daily Bread has a little app, if you are one who likes to use your phone. Or we have free pamphlets here in the church. Uh, I think we usually have them by the front door, don't we, Kelly? Yeah, so on your way out, you can grab one if you'd rather have a hard copy in your hand to look at, um, and it's usually like a five to ten minute devotion, or you can go a little bit more in depth. It has uh, reading the Bible in a year plans, and it has usually one to two chapters of deeper context that you can get into. So you can take it at different levels as far as how deep you want to go into it and how much time you have to set aside, but even if you've only got five or ten minutes, it's got a little reading, it's usually just a few verses, and then it's got a little applicational thing where someone wrote how that scripture impacted their lives, how they saw the Lord acting in a certain way, uh, and it really is a good little devotional. And with the app, if you like the technology aspect of it, or if you're busy or might forget, or it's a new habit for you, it can have it set as an alarm on your phone. So at a certain time of day, every single day, it'll say, hey, don't forget to read Our Daily Bread. Or if you've been reading it, hey, you're doing a great job. You've read Our Daily Bread the past 17 days. Don't forget to read this morning. So it'll even encourage you a little bit as you're going along on your journey of working on devotions. Now, there are lots of other ways to do it, but I just highly encourage that one. It's very simple, very straightforward. It only takes a few minutes, and you can literally leave this building with a copy of it in your hand today if you want a physical copy. So, 
there are so many different ways that we can give our time, give our attention, give our focus. So I want you guys to think about this. My first question for you is, what is your sacrifice? Now, I don't know how many of you guys would understand this little picture by looking at it, but in the movie Finding Nemo, Nemo uh, is a little fish. Uh, He's a clownfish, and he's captured from the wild, and he's put in a fish tank at a dentist's office. And they have this little toy volcano inside there. Because, you know, they always have random things like pirate ships and volcanoes and things in fish tanks. And they get him to go inside the volcano. And they have this little chant and everything, and it's like a, like a sacrifice almost. Now, obviously, we're not going to be throwing anybody in volcanoes, toy plastic ones, or otherwise. But think about <laughs> Kenny said, darn. But think about what kind of sacrifices you can be making each and every day. How you can give of yourself for others. My next question for you guys is, what is worship? We talk about worship all the time. We do it every Sunday, right? We call it the praise team or the praise and worship team, right? What really is worship? The next verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We see... Sorry, I'm skipping ahead just a little bit. Oh, no, i got to go back. I was mixing things up in my head. So we see here that that sacrifice is your worship. In verse 1, it says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, and that that is what your true and proper worship is. True and proper worship is giving yourself, giving your time, sacrificing. So those questions are kind of tied. What is your sacrifice? That is your worship. Your worship is the sacrifice that you bring to the Lord. Then it comes to being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I have this picture of a press up here. Now, I have never been involved in the industry of producing things. That's not really something I've done. I've installed fences. I've been on various construction jobs. But I was never in like a factory or in a tool and die shop. But I do know that they mold things, that they create things, that they insert plastic or metal or whatever it is that you're crafting into something, that you pressurize it in this mold or you cook it in this mold, And then you break the mold off, and then you have this thing. A lot of time and energy and effort is put into the design of this thing, of the design of this mold. Mark does it for a living, right? Yeah, you didn't know you were coming to work today. So, Mark, is is your job easy? (laughs) I thought he'd say that. It's a lot of work. 
Mark, is your job hard for the plastic and the other things that you insert in there? A lot of pressure, a lot of heat. Abusive. We are urged to not conform to the patterns of this world. The world is like this machine right here. And you are like the plastic or the metal. The world wants you to conform. The world wants you to fit in. The world wants you to follow what they say is right. And God is calling us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We've got to be transformed. But what is transformation? How does, how does that renewing of our mind lead to something happening? I have pictures of two different kinds of transformers up there. That's, those are the two different things I think of when I hear the word transformers. I think of the weird things, cylinders on telephone poles, and I think of the alien robot things. Yes, exactly. Autobots and Decepticons. Those are two very different kinds of transformers, and they do two very different things. When we look at this one, it changes shape. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar, um, there's like movies and cartoons and action figures, but the basic concept is that they are generally some sort of vehicle, and then they transform into this like killer robot thing. That, that is a very, very summarized explanation of it, but you have this thing that's like a car or a fire truck or whatever, and then it's a robot. It transforms. It changes its shape. But this kind of a transformer does something entirely different. It either steps up or steps down power. So the power running through the power lines, because it's got to power your house and every other house on the block, is of a much higher voltage than what you plug your toaster into. So what it does is it steps down the power so that you don't, you know, light everything in your house on fire. Right, Kenny? That's, again, a very basic explanation. I am not an electrician. I can't tell you what really goes on inside of that thing, but I can tell you that much. They're impressive. when they, I've, I've heard of things like squirrels flying into them and the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody just say that the squirrel transformed? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So the idea is changing shape or changing output. See, with this robot car thing, it just changes its shape. All of the same pieces are there. Nothing really changed, it was just an appearance. While with the transformer on a telephone pole, there is a permanent and consistent change. It doesn't ever change back, it doesn't suddenly send 10,000 volts to your toaster oven. It is consistent when it's functioning properly. 
Otherwise, then you have transforming squirrels, right? Yeah, Lisa, Lisa said that's very shocking. Indeed, it is. So once you are transformed, that enables you to then be more sensitive to the will of God, to be able to follow him better, to be able to focus on him, on his direction for your life. Paul says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each and every one of you. I wrote here, the gifts may not be what they seem. We are all given different gifts. This passage later goes on to describe some of those different gifts and how the body of Christ should work together. But that requires humility. It's not about the flashy packaging. It's not about, whoa, look at me. It's about keeping a humble and loving spirit. I wrote up here, watch your misfit motive. We were talking about just a couple of slides back, how we are supposed to be different from the world. But we also need to be careful because the world also really encourages individuality. The world also encourages you to kind of like stick it to the man, to stand out, to be different, to dare to go in the opposite direction. I mean, we've got a whole song here about the island of misfit toys. We've got this little uh, funky looking, I think it's an emu, but I don't, oh, it's a crested crane apparently. Thank you. All right, so that we got a crested crane here. I'll learn something new every day. Uh, and it, there's a little inspirational quote on there. It says, people who change things look weird to the rest of us. And then we've got all these people standing in line, but then we got this one guy doing a handstand. In many ways, the world not only punishes people who stand out, but it also encourages people to stand out, but usually in a way that they approve of. So I want to encourage you not to just rebel or stand out simply because you want to rebel and stand out, but keep in mind the focus on the Lord. It's not just about your gifts. It's not just about what makes you special or what makes you different. It's ultimately about following the Lord's will. So make sure that while you're also focused on standing out and being different from the world, that you don't allow that being different, that attention on you, to shift that focus in a way that's unhealthy. Because we're not called to stand out just to stand out. We're called to stand out for the Lord. For just as each one of us has a body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member brings, or each member belongs to all. So we all need to come together. We need to be humble and loving. There's lots of many moving parts, but just because we're moving, And just because we're different doesn't mean we're not supposed to 
fit in with one another. Maybe we're not supposed to fit in with society out there, but as a body of believers, we're supposed to fit in together as a family unit. I've got a picture up there to illustrate that. Uh, it is a diagram of the musculoskeletal... The, the, the muscle and skeleton stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a big word for that, and it's not happening right now. Um, so for those of you who might be of the disposition where you don't want to look at a diagram of that, I'm just giving you a heads up. There's many moving parts. There's, I counted, just uh, it, this is like a picture from a textbook kind of thing. I counted all of these terms and all these little lines. There's over 75 of them. I think it was 80-some. And it's just from the waist up. And it doesn't include your organs. It doesn't include diagrams and cross-sections of those. The body is a complicated thing. We all have different functions, different gifts, different services, different things that we do. The body, without all of these pieces and parts, would not work properly. I got the picture off of there, so for those of you of dispositions where you didn't want to look at the picture, it is now safe to look at the PowerPoint. Now, some people don't like those kinds of things, and other people like the, you know, like CSI shows, and they're like, ooh. So, just for those who have weaker stomachs, I just wanted to give a warning. Anyway, the point is, with all those bits and pieces and things working together, there is a very different whole piece than just one of the individual parts. If you were to look at just the funny bone in the arm, and you were to just look at that bone, that is very different from a human body. But that's an essential part. If you didn't have a funny bone, your arm would be all floppy. And it wouldn't work right. It wouldn't do the things that your arm needs to do. So one essential part can make a huge difference. But it's also just one part. And with that, the body of Christ needs to be that same way. We've got to work together as a unit. And in order to do that, we need to do these two things that Paul writes to us about. We need to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. And we've got to love one another. Jesus himself said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He said that in John. I've got the little reference up there, but you can go check it out. So what is transformation? And how should you transform your life this year? The reason I had that video up there earlier with the, the goofy guy and the platypus, so for those of you who don't know, that's from a quite wonderful, in my opinion, Disney television show entitled Phineas and Ferb. And he is a side character. And his goal is to always take over the tri-state area, which is like the little county that they live in. And the platypus is his nemesis, and he always thwarts him. So his plan was to get everyone to change their New Year's resolution so that they would follow him and that he would be able to finally take over the tri-state area. And then nobody did anything because nobody follows out on their New Year's resolution. 
and he was unaware of this. I'm not asking you for a New Year's resolution. I'm asking you what will make a permanent change in your life, like the transformer on a telephone pole. How can you change your function in a way that is permanent, in a way that is stable and steady? How can the Lord institute a change in your life this year, starting today? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today, for this opportunity for a renewed change. Lord, every day is an opportunity for change. It's never too late. Lord, even the thief on the cross who recognized you as Lord was shown mercy and was given the opportunity to be in paradise with you. God, we thank you for that mercy, for your steadfast love, and for your desire to change our hearts. We pray that you would change our hearts, Lord, to strive after you, to institute a permanent change in our lives that would make us more like Christ each and every day, that you might increase so that we can decrease. Lord, if there's anyone who doesn't know you as your Savior, Lord, we pray that that greatest of changes would take place in their lives today, that their hearts would be drawn to you, that they would seek you for the forgiveness of sins through Christ Jesus. Lord, we lift up this congregation that we might be drawn closer to one another, functioning as a body to serve your world, your people, to stand out in a way that points everyone back to you and not to ourselves. Lord, we lift these things up in your precious and holy name. Amen.